There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fangirl Zone. I am Sean Fangirl S and today we are talking episode 10 of The Handmaid's Tale. So joining me, as you may have guessed, is Miss Jennifer, who's been along for the ride this whole time. Jennifer, hello. Hello. And back from the Great White North, you heard her in episode one, and she's back for episode ten. We have Miss Ingrid. Hello again. Hi. And it's still cold up here, even if it's July. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Not so much where either of us are, so. Oh, it's cold up here. Uh, so this is episode 10 night that we're going to talk about, which was a crazy episode, but we have a couple other things to talk about first. So first, we'd like to give a hearty congratulations to Hulu and especially Handmaid's Tale for getting 13 Emmy nods this year. That's right. All of them. All of them. <laughs> and this is the first ever Emmy nomination. I'm sorry. That it's not the first ever. I apologize. That was in 2014 for Hulu, but I believe they said this was the most Emmy nods they ever got, and this is what they expect to really put them on the board to put them, you know, up for people to see. Because you have, have Netflix had so many yeah. and Amazon, and this is the one and that's going to push. People them. have like an expectation that the the Netflix shows are really really good. And they want to kind of play in that same category. So, yeah, this is a big win for Hulu. And I have to say, I used to have Hulu, then I quit for a while because they messed up how they, like, did their, I don't know, like, they messed up my queue and I didn't like it. And so I quit for a while because we had cable. But then I'm like, oh, but I want to see the original shows. And Handmaid's Tale was the reason I got back into Hulu. So. Well done. <laughs> well, of course, our girl, Miss Offred, is up. So, uh, Elizabeth Moss. Yes, up for the lead actress. And she's up against two people who have won quite often, but here's hoping, because she's up against Viola Davis and Robin Wright. Now, I still think she has an awesome shot because of everything that she's done in this season. And you've heard Jennifer and I talk about it in regards to everything that plays on her face in just those small moments. so Amazing. I get goosebumps sometimes watching her. I'm like, if I had a tenth of that talent, I would be rich. (laughs) But, yeah, I I love her as an actress. I loved her in Mad Men when she played Peggy Olsen. And I think it's kind of neat how in both of her major roles that she's had on TV, I'm doing TV and air quotes because Hulu is now TV, let's face it. Mm-hmm. Um, she has had these very, you know, a, a strong female character forging a new path kind of thing going on. And both have had sort of fem- feminist slants to them. So Peggy Olsen on Mad Men, if, any, if you haven't seen it, uh, is one of the very first female copywriters 
that is respected and recognized in the advertising world. Okay. Back, back like the 1950s, 1960s. So seeing her play that character that went from this naive little secretary to this creative director of an ad agency, right, right along with the men, um, and then seeing her in Handmaid's Tale, you're like, she's so versatile, she's so talented, and again, uh, applauding over here, playing a strong female character that I, I think we need more of in TV. I did, yeah. This was my first experience seeing her, and uh, once I got over the, the shock of the first episode, it was just mesmerizing to watch her and how she can really do something with with nothing on her face. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to see her play nothing and to show emotion on a face that's very deadpan. And then later, as the show develops, you see her in her normal, um, her normal terrain, if you like, mm-hmm. and what she would have been like before. Uh, she's amazing. I'm completely impressed, and I would like to look into what she's done before, as you were mentioning. Oh, yeah. Mad Men's a great show. It was on AMC, I want to say. Uh, and it's concluded, so you can actually, all the episodes are out there and available. You can binge watch it, and it's a little addictive, and it's going to make you mad because you're going to be like, they used to do what? They used to call, like, the guy to tell the woman how her doctor's visit went? What? Like, it's those kind of moments, and everybody's smoking and drinking, and, you know, it's a fun show, but it is also a very dramatic and very well-written and good show, too, and... Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss plays Peggy Olsen, and she's just brilliant in that role, too. So They're also up for Best Drama. Now, this one's going to be a tough category because they're up against Better Call Saul, The Crown, House of Cards, This Ooh. Is Us, and Westworld. And Westworld has gotten oh, a huge amount of spoilers. Too. Westworld, I really, 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 really want to see. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have Netflix. I don't have Hulu. So like I'm a I'm it's a, on HBO. I'm a, you have HBO. I'm an alien. No, I don't have HBO. I got I watched the Handmaid's Tale on Bravo. Oh, okay. I was thinking long and hard. I almost got Netflix just to watch the Handmaid's Tale, but then finally it was on Bravo, so I didn't have to get it. I don't, you know I don't want to get into all this stuff, you know. But yeah, I I would really like to see Westworld, and I'm desperately trying it, not to stay it is so yeah. good so, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I have got, no doubt I really want to see it yeah they got some <laughs> tough competition then because of that and with Westworld coming out this year you know for their first season and Hulu's Handmaid's Tale I still hope at least Elizabeth Moss gets it since you know our girl Tatiana no, from, from Black hasn't been able oh, to get gotcha. it not, they came out too late for this year Oh, man. But, but that's a really different type of show. Like, yeah. I've seen every single episode of Orphan Black. I love that show. And, and Tatiana Maslany, she's, like, she's super she's amazing. amazing. I'm trying to talk also. Jennifer she's, into it. Oh, you've got to see it. You've got Everybody to see it. Me, I, and I told Sean, I'm like, I am one stomach flew away from binge-watching it. I, oh, well, hey, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> the third season, The third season is the only season I'm like, yeah, it's good, but... For my taste, it was a little whole hum, but the whole series as a whole, it's. Yeah, I hear they're really like pushing hard on on that. So all these all these shows are really are really great as to not only bringing the women into 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 you know fiction and and modern cult uh, not modern culture how do you say pop culture and all that. Yeah. But it it 
it just proposes the whole idea is that we're all humans and that's what yes. I'm really liking about it. It's not all about the women, it's not all about the men. It's like you know, so yeah. what and I even in like a position where the handmaids do not have a whole lot of power and I'm doing that in air quotes, um because they have to be so submissive, they've been brainwashed, they're so downtrodden, you know, they, they have to know their place. I still see the handmaids in this show is having immense power because there are creators. And finally with this episode, we get to see that kind of really take root and happen. So I, I really love the show for that. I, I didn't breathe the entire time I was watching the show. I, I, and I didn't even realize it until the show ended. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then I, I was really angry with the way the show ended because – well, I guess we're going to get to that, but it reminded me. Then I remembered how the book ended because I, I read the book, yep. but I read it many, many years ago, and I'd forgotten how it ended. Oh, yeah. I was mad with, like, with how it ended. I'm like, no. I'm I, I don't like endings like that. Like, it, it's a very literary ending, you know? Yeah, it is. And English teachers know. love it. That's the way they <laughs> like books to end, you know, and I just can't stand it, you know? But to each their own. That's okay. It's open interpretation. But, I'm like, no! I no. want to know things that happened. I didn't buy this book to create things in my head myself. I could have saved money. Well, <laughs> if, if, I, if I was supposed to invent the ending, I would have invented the story, too, you know? <laughs> but no, uh, I get it. But it's great as a bridge yes, between is. seasons. And well, we already I, know there's going to be another season. So. Yeah, and I think that it's a cautionary tale. Absolutely. A lot of times those have open endings, but yes, we're getting season two. So for the people like me who are like, yeah. I'm glad you, you said that all because the details. I really think that the whole, the whole idea of The Handmaid's Tale is utterly a cautionary tale. And I think two or three times throughout the whole series, uh, Elizabeth Moss in her character uh, Offred, she says, you know, before I was asleep, you don't you don't pay attention really to mm -hmm. you know the yeah. politics around you, and it's super important. Yeah, it really is important. I, I'm guilty of that myself. It's you know lately I try to pay attention. It's a now. commentary <laughs> on society in general, where you know we're all kind of already have hit the zombie apocalypse for the vast majority of us we're all kind of on autopilot we're you know looking down at our cell phones or screens you know whatever and we're just kind of checked out of reality most of the time and, and it's all right to be on your screen but you know pay attention to the politics that are on your screen yeah. and try to find out more don't believe everything the screen tells I, you exactly and i just read an article where i think it's michigan um, it will be law that even if you are a victim of rape, you must inform the father, the rapist, um, that you're going to have an abortion, and he has to give you permission. Who are children? Uh, I seen that. I don't think it was Michigan. I want to say it was Minnesota. Minnesota, yes. It shouldn't Minnesota. be in any state. It yes. shouldn't be anywhere. We don't have that up here. Yeah, that that's yeah. some of what we've kind of talked about. How. You have, like, the politics, well, the show, I should say, holding a mirror up to politics because how they don't want any kind of abortions, and they think that's what caused the fall in Gilead. But, you know, it, it's crazy with this back and forth, but we're going to back everybody up a minute because we're talking about politics, and Ingrid actually had something Sorry. she wanted to talk about really quick before we delved into episode 10. Oh, oh yes, uh, yeah. Well, well, actually, it's it's as of today. 
um, just because this is a feminist series, although it does affect the men, and some of the men are in the series are powerless as well, although yes. I somehow I don't really feel all that sympathetic, but we'll get into some of the gruesome scenes in this episode. I, I feel bad for Nick a little. Uh, Nick? I felt bad for the guy who lost his hand. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I didn't expect that. That was horrible. Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, uh, a big push for for, you know, for like, you know, People standing up for girls and all of that. Uh, Julie Payette, who of course went to space mm-hmm. with, uh, I can't remember which mission it was. Uh, please forgive me, I'm not all up to date with all that, but she, just Google it, you'll see her. She speaks six languages, she's a singer, she, she's an accomplished uh, pianist, um, she, uh, she's a, an engineer, she just does way more things than should be legal. <laughs> she's gonna be the, uh, the, the, the general, um, she's going to be uh, the general something or other between the, the Queen of Britain and Canada, because in the old days, oh. Britain, Canada was an offshoot of England. Right. Well, it's a long and complicated story, but that's part of the thing which doesn't really exist, but okay, you know, politics is what it is. But Julie Payette will occupy that position, and she is very much a supporter of having girls explore their curiosity from a very young age and it really applies to the handmaid's tale you know you don't yes. suppress curiosity you you learn you always you know pursue your interests be interested in things and and you know keep going on with all those things and and she also works with a lot of children who are um, uh, have been abandoned by society and stuff like anyway I thought that was a huge push you know please you know, Google Julie Payette. A big win for women. It is, and she will be in power, and and you know, she might even, she might even go further in politics. Who knows? But I would vote for her if she ever went further on. Well, that's support. great because if any of this happens in reality, at least we know we have somebody in Canada who is supporting all of us. That's why yeah. Canada is so supportive. That's why. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I gotta say before you delve into other things, that one scene, you know, with where uh, um, uh, what's her name, the girl Moira is going through Moira. That's right. Sorry, I'm terrible with names. Moira is going through the field and she ends up in the barn and then she's dusting off the car and she sees the Ontario license plate. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, she's she's in Canada. Okay, what are they gonna do with this? And then, you know, they have her in the scene, and they're giving her a cell phone that's prepaid for a year, and they're giving her money. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that was a little bit... It was a a little bit overkill, you know. It was nice. You know, for once, Canada's put in a very positive light, you know, in some of these shows. Mm -hmm. It was a bit much. I'm not sure that that refugees... (laughs) Well, we're going to get into that, but I think it was more because of this particular situation. Yeah, I don't think they're like, here, all refugees, but... We'll get into that. So let me give you the two-sentence synopsis that we get for this. This drives me crazy that we get these teeny, tiny things. I understand not spoiling it, but, oh, my gosh, give me a little more. So we have Serena Joy confronts Offred and the commander. Offred struggles with a complicated, life-changing revelation. The handmaids face a brutal decision. Okay, so... I guess that's one way to put it for what happened. I could not have described it that way, but okay. Yeah, because, uh, let's see, Offred's in her bathroom, which I still, mm-hmm. okay, oh. uh, total side note, and I don't know if I said this before, I love the fact that she has that big clawfoot tub, because you could actually act, sink into it. 
I know. Uh, Completely random, but... I love that <laughs> I wish I had it. Weird. I'm so I would fall in it if I had a tub like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, so this episode is, is, is called Night, and in the book, I know you haven't read it yet, um, they distinguish between night and day for some chapters. And in the end of the book, it... It, it tells you why they did that because, well, we, they decided when they found her. Uh, have I told you how it, it ends, Sean? Or you want me to? Uh, like, yeah, but we you? don't want to tell everybody. Okay. So, anyway, there's a reason why that some of the stories are classified as day and some are, are classified okay. as night. They didn't do that in the series, but I find it interesting that they chose to call this episode night because it seems like so many things are being done under the cover of night. Okay. Like on the download. Gotcha. So. Alright, well, Serena found out about Jezebel's, which I mm-hmm. thought she's always kind of known. Oh. I think she knew the last one and, and tolerated it, and then once the old offered killed herself, she was like, never, never, never again. Never. Oh, uh, okay. Well, she That's what I think, too. Yeah, finds out, and then this kind of sucks, because this is when Offred is hiding that bundle that she got, that package, mm-hmm. which, again, all because of that tub, she was able to put it up between the wall yep. and the tub, so at least nobody can find it, because they have no privacy. So I no. was trying to figure out where the hell that's going to hide anyway, but really yeah. nice place. Thankfully, the package was big enough. Uh, she walks out of the bathroom and just wham. She gets that hit in the hard. head. I was like, what just happened? Oh, yeah. It spun her around, yeah. and she hit the floor. And I love how, you know, Serena's yelling at her, and she's just like, all right, I just got hit. I don't even know what you're saying. My bell has been rung. Give me a minute. Yeah, my ears would be ringing. I'd be, like, three shades of foggy and, like, trying to figure out what has happened. I've been hit. Oh, okay. Well, why? Really? felt like what uh, what Alfred must have felt like. You know, you're coming out the door, bam, right like that, swing on the floor, and you, you don't know. Because as, as a viewer of the show, you don't really know what it is. Mm-hmm. Alfred right. didn't know what it is. You really felt what it is she's feeling. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, because for all we talk. know, that could have been an eye. Like, we had an no eye. You, at first, you didn't know who yeah. it was that hit her at first. Yeah, and I was kind of shocked to see that it's Serena. And she makes her take a pregnancy test, which is technically contraband. I was just going to say, how is a pregnancy test illegal? You would think that they would want them, like, all over and make them, like, pee on the sticks, like, a week after or something every time. I don't know if it was to, like, for people to hide their fertility or, oh, you know, I'm pregnant and I don't want to be, and then you're going to go to one of those doctors that end up hanging on the wall to get an abortion oh. because they thought you were infertile or something. I don't know. So, like, they just automatically send them to the doctor once a month regardless, and I guess they do pregnancy tests there, but, yeah. Ingrid, what do you think with that? I think, uh, well, I- I, I, well, you know, as we as we find out, Serena, she wrote a lot of the laws that are being applied in Gilead. Yes. So she would know where a lot of these things are. Well, she may not know where they're hiding, but she'd probably know who to ask to find it if she really wanted. No, yeah, she knows that there's a black market trade for sure. But she knows that, and I 
think she just turned a blind eye. Well, as you see later, she breaks down and she's absolutely, she's absolutely crushed by her life. Yeah. Yeah. But you almost, almost, almost feel sorry for her. <laughs> Uh-huh. See, this Not is quite. what we've, we've talked about, and Jennifer has said, oh, you're going to feel sorry for her. And then I'm like, after you see that she's done it and helped yeah. orchestrated it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, because, like I said, we just but finished that episode long. with my husband and I. And he's like, he has said that throughout, going, oh, you know, you got to feel sorry for them because, you know, they probably didn't think it was going to get to that point. And then when we see that episode, he's like, wait, she did it? Uh-uh. Even he's uh, saying that, so I'm like, he's like, no, I don't feel yeah, sorry for her. I don't think she did this all by herself, but she was part of it, mm-hmm. obviously a very instrumental part of it, and you do yeah. almost feel sympathetic for her, but it, it's it's like a millisecond emotion that you feel, because it doesn't take long for it to all, like, go Yeah, because, because then them. you're like, no, 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 I remember, you're a bitch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, as she's laying there, weirdly laying on the floor, and praying the way she was like in front of the pregnancy test i'm like all right first of all that's kind of a weird scene exactly and then like it's positive and she's like god has answered our prayers and you've got offered you think i actually prayed for this where i i've got to believe i mean the handmaids know that if they don't get pregnant in x amount of time they're going to be moved 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 until finally they're going to get shipped off because obviously you're not fertile even though it could be the guys it's the guys yeah, I think you're only allowed three postings. Oh, really? And then, oh, and then off to the colonies if you don't have a baby. Yeah. I think she kind of implied that in Faithful. Yeah. Because she's like, your oh. time's almost up here. You don't want to go to the colonies, do you? So yeah. just because Serena Joyce said that, but then again, the commander's wives can say and do whatever and get them sent off to the colonies. So Anyway, so yeah. Uh, just kind of scary. It's true. The whole I want to know more about the colonies. Yes. But I think we probably will next season. I mean, the, the, here it's going to go a little bit further from the book. So I'm I'm both excited <laughs> and a little worried because it hasn't been – it's not part of the book. I just hope Margaret Atwood stays a part of it to keep it um, – I think she probably will. I think, I think that they're they're smart um, in, in the way that they're – they've made the show and what a hit it is because they have stayed very closely to the book while also expanding that universe with new content instead of changing things to be different from the book they're adding to it and that's why i think it's really successful as an adaptation from a book to a series and to happily give an end to that awful awful scene that would have that was the end of the book and shouldn't yeah. have Oh, well, I'm sure we're going to get that. But I have It's like the end of Lost. It just should never have happened. So since you two are my book readers, because I have it sitting there, and I promise I would not break it open, and I was really close to taking it with me for my hair appointment. <laughs> so Such a girly thing, right? But I had it, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to open it. I could open it. I swear I wouldn't do it. But because they had the flashbacks, and they're showing how the, like, basically first few days of the Red Center – what yes. offers June had gone through at that time. Did they do that in the book? I can't tell you that's been too long since oh. I did. I don't think they lined them up. Um, there was no parade of sluts kind of thing. It was more that the first time we see them in the Red Center, they're in a classroom and they're explaining why it is that this 
I guess, theocracy arose. Like in the because, first episode? Yes, okay. like the first That's kind of where we see the Red Center first. And, no, we do not get the lineup of sluts Okay. in the book, The Parade of Sluts. And uh, they, she talks about the look in each other's eyes. And she says, I don't see that really anymore. But in the early days, and then it kind of faded. And it's just the look of absolute terror. Right. And it's just almost like everyone just kind of slowly turns off. And then that, 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 like you're even too numb to feel terror. And I I just thought it was was weird because I didn't even pay attention that they were actually tagged on their ear until I want to say it was episode seven. Was the first time I really, I mean, they said something. Yeah. Just like, they're tagged like cows. Right. It's just terrible. Like and then we don't yeah. even see how it happens till this episode. So it's like mm-hmm. they're piercing the, the cartilage, which, first of all, I I know it people hurts. do it. I can't because I'm a baby. And yeah. it'll get a it, tattoo, it but whatever. But, like, I see that. And what I was questioning, if you have Hulu, which I know, Ingrid, you don't, you'll see the picture for the episode. And I thought it was June with a gun to her head. And then after seeing uh-huh. this, it's that, like, piercing tag. tagging gun. Because that yeah. look of horror on her face, like, I wasn't sure what that was. And then when they show that, even at that moment where you almost think, again, I do not know how to feel about Aunt Lydia going through oh, when you see oh, these back and forth. Oh, she is such a puzzle. <laughs> but even when Aunt Lydia's like, okay, this is going to hurt. Do you want a three count? I yeah. And she's like, just one. Oh, yeah. Like, first of all, okay, you would have to do that for me because, you know, if you're going to count to three, I'd be like, ah. Oh. I would move. I'd get tagged in the eye. Right. It wouldn't be a Like, right through the temple. It, I'd be brain dead I, then suddenly. But, I mean, I, I, I see that. In, and just going back and rewatching, every time you see Aunt Lydia, even Jason has said, he's like, what is with her? Because in that this moment, she seems almost sympathetic. And like she I'm almost sorry, seems this to care I... deeply, and and in the scene with the at the end. Oh, yes, I'm sorry, I forget her name again, but the wonderful uh, the wonderful character with the one eye, our crazy Janine. Janine, yes. When you see that whole, and you see, and you see Aunt Lydia with with the whole thing, and you're like, oh damn, you know, you hate Aunt Lydia, but you're like, damn. <laughs> But she has to do it. Right. That's why I want to know about them next season. Yep. This yeah. Show's and a, Lydia is an, an, an enigma wrapped in a puzzle. That's yes. why it's like you don't know how to feel because you see that at the beginning, how she can be so brutal. And then, like I said, mm-hmm. there's scenes where you see her and... and I'm responsible look. for these girls. I'm a caretaker. I will protect them. So she's kind of like Mommy Dearest a little bit. Yeah, so like, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's kind that's of split personality. You're like, oh, I will care for you, but if you don't follow these rules, whack, whack, whack. Yeah. And just some of the, the moments, you look and I'm like, what is it? That's why, honestly, going back a few episodes, had we not seen Aunt Lydia again, when they said an aunt had escaped and crossed the border, I thought it could have been her. But we've seen her basically every time since. So I'm like, which one was it then? Right. Hmm. We haven't seen Elizabeth. Wasn't Ooh. that her name? Maybe that was her. Wasn't that Maybe. Her the first, the one when Moira gets away and Elizabeth? I think so. I think so. I so I, I find it interesting that this episode, both 
begins and closes with the phrase, sorry, Aunt Lydia. Yeah. Well, she becomes like, uh, you know, she's she's the really the first the first person they have to deal with when they get into this whole mess. When when the women, the fertile women, get into this whole mm-hmm. mess, and Lydia is really the first one. She's the trainer, uh, quote unquote, yeah. trainer. She's um, their leader. She's, she's um, the 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 what you call it? The I forget the word for it. She, anyway, she's the go between between all of them. She trains them. At the same time, she's obviously. An emotional person. She's very much like a like a nun, really. Yeah, she's a true believer. She's a true believer. She's a true believer, but at the same time, she doesn't think it's all right. You can see it on her face. It's mm-hmm. not fair. There's a lot of this that she I thinks think is fair. Yeah, I think it's best right. described she's conflicted. as yeah. a conflicted character. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I think Aunt Lydia is things get better for a select few and worse for others. And it's like when you see her trying to comfort the girls who were the bruised apples for the event for the Mexican um, ambassador. She she says, I'll get you girls desserts, as many as you want. I mean, she she acts, you know, like she cares about their feelings, but I doubt they ever got desserts. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But I think she I think in her own way, she really does care, though. Again, she's she's in a position where I think. She's a shepherd, leading. She's a, sh- a shepherd. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a very good uh, that's a very good point. But she's not too sure that the field she's leading them to is perhaps the proper field. But she's stuck there. I don't sympathize with her. I think she should meet her fair doom. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, she does what she can. I was just. Yeah. It, it's confusing because before I got to this episode. There was a lot of that, sorry, Aunt Lydia, and I honestly thought she was going to, like, the girls somehow were turning on her and she was going to die. So that is not what happened. No. But it uh, probably could have been close. But but I don't want to get to that big scene yet. Let's come back. Let's come back. So uh, let's go back to Serena being super pissed and deciding to finally take it out on her husband, where it should have been all along. Yes, that was that was like a shocker. I was sitting there. Actually, the whole episode, I, I swear I couldn't breathe the entire episode. <laughs> and watching Serena. She was on a rampage. Oh, my gosh. The, the emotions were coming out in this episode. And uh, we haven't seen that before from her. Uh-uh. No. We haven't seen her do that at all with her husband. She's always been, yeah. yes, yes, I'll, yeah, absolutely, whatever. And not this time. Nope, no uh-uh. more. No, and I, I think it was kind of deserved, so... When she's yep. just down there, she's like, oh, yeah, she's pregnant. And after yelling at him, he's like, oh, okay, it's not yours. Wait, what? And then just yeah, the fact you're that you're too, You're too weak. Yes. You know, God would never allow you uh, to father a child, you know, and, and basically, you know. I would surprise. I got to say right? that, felt, that felt out of place. It didn't feel like it fit in that scene, to be very honest with you. It was my one little niggly thing. Because for the entire uh, season, things have been set up so that um, Fred and Serena and, you know, and then all of a sudden Serena is just like, you know, you're an idiot. You, you can't do nothing. You can't even get it up, you know. It's yeah, like, I, <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> I think it was because she was, she found out about Offred, the new Offred going to Jezebel's, and she's like, not again. The last one killed herself. Everyone knows about it. I, I was 
publicly humiliated by my friend to find out that all my friends laugh behind my back because they know what happened to the last one and what you did with her and all that. And I think she is starting to become a little more gutsy and pushing back on even those rules she wrote because when we see Putnam go for his surgery – we find out that Waterford wanted to be lenient on him. Oh, boys will be boys. We should just, you know, let him off with a warning. But the other guys are like, no, 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 no. His wife called on his behalf, and she wants the harshest punishment. Which that, so that was the power of the wife. So was I, Ingrid, because right there when we do finally see the commanders and this committee that we were talking about last episode, and, you know, put, Waterford was just so like checked out. He's like, yeah, okay, shall we just vote? And the other oh, guy, God, he's name, doing the same yeah. thing. The other guy <laughs> whose name I don't remember, which I feel horrible. I don't and he's like, this is important. And his wife was here. And Waterford's like, yeah, of course, they just had a baby. Of course, she's going to be here and want leniency. And they're like, no, no, no. She wants mm, no. the harshest punishment. And I think that's what kind of caught Waterford off guard. And he kind of sobered up in that second, like, wait, what? Oh, crap. Mm -hmm. And because of having that dealing with his wife earlier and saying that the other wives know, at Mm -hmm. that point, he's probably like, oh, crap. How much do they know? Not just what happens. Yeah, so I think if... Serena can take me to the woodshed if she wants, and yeah. So I think when we see that exchange with them in the office... And she's like, you need to keep your hands off of her. I will not have her hanging herself or stepping in front of a truck. And then he, the commander tries to push it back on Serena and accuses her of bringing lust and temptation back into their home because they had sex after the Mexican event. Right. And he says, and she, she says, everyone answers to God. And he's like, but you answered to me. Now go to your room. And then that's when she really explodes and says, well, it's probably not even yours. You're not worthy. God would never allow you to father a child. And so it kind of like, like that's how it kind of right, ramped up to me that she had just absolutely. And she would have known about Putnam getting his hand cut off. I'm, I'm sure of it. And so she's like, you know what? You know what? No, I don't have to go to my room. And you know what else? <laughs> You've got a bad dick. <laughs> it's like, you're horrible. You suck. But. I'm like, okay, you can only push this so far as the man of the house. You are surrounded by women. And it's like, do you really want to push it? Because when we get angry, you never know what's going to happen. Did you never watch the news pre-Gilead? I don't care how devoted this woman is to you. You never know. You never know. She has access to knives. (laughs) She has access to people that will just take you away. That's more like it. It's like all she has yeah. to do is whisper the right thing and I just whack I man. just find the whole thing very very strange. They who is it who really set up this Gilead? When we see the whole thing where they're in the movie theater, um uh, Serena and uh, Fred they're in the theater and they're talking all about it and uh, we don't really see the rest of the people who set up Gilead. I'm assuming we're going to find out more about that later. Serena is a major part of it. Yes. Fred seems to be going along for the ride. I'm not sure why at all, but okay. I guess he we'll does. find out later. And he ends up in power uh-huh. as a result. 
and he seems to like it because, I mean, hey, you know, you can do what he wants. Uh, It seems all very superficial. I don't really, I don't know, I was watching that whole thing, how they started setting it up, and then they just decide, okay, it's going to be like this now. We're... We're doing uh, we're doing it for the good of the people, and that's it. And now they're stuck in their own rules, and they're not happy about it. See, I I'm felt lost. like he got into the was it the Sons of Jacob, and yes. that yeah. him just talking to her and her just being really into the religion, that she's like, let me help because yes, this is a good idea. This this should happen, and then not realizing they were going to shut her out. And, he, you know, she was constantly, like, building him up. Oh, yeah. He's definitely standing on her shoulders. And, yeah, for sure. And she's she just knocked him down, basically. And that's so uh, things in here just seemed really strange because, like, another scene where Serena ends up having offered get in the car and they take a trip and it's to see oh, her daughter. That's just yeah. like I didn't really understand. That it. was very cruel. Yes, that was that was that was the whole thing. You had to kind of really well. I had to really just follow it along all the way to the end of the scene. Then I had to think about it, and it was just a power trip of Serena to say, "Look, yep, look, I you're carrying my future kid. You want to see your kid live and to see another day? You're gonna sit down, shut up, and behave." Yes. As long as my baby she went out, she so went out and took her daughter out for a reason and then sent her back in while Alfred was in the car screaming to desperately uh, try to contact her. It was nothing yeah, I but was cruelty and power. I, I was yeah. almost in tears myself, I have to I was, honestly say. I was crying. Just to see that. that laughing. <laughs> I, yeah. Because she completely breaks and she's like you're fucking evil and deranged this is sadistic motherfucking cut and i hope you burn in hell and then serena's like now now don't get upset it isn't good for the baby and i'm like oh she's so lucky she took her knitting needles and put them in the front is basically what i was thinking because i'm I'm even like trying through that glass because that was just insane it was heartbreaking i mean she now knows her daughter's alive she has no idea where they are but I mean, there could yeah. have been a different no, way. Right. Yeah. But it was just a power trip. Yes. It was her way. Yeah, I think it was her way to get back at Alfred for, for uh, having been taken out those times to the black, uh, the Jezebel, wherever the Jezebel and all that, and the fact that, she, you know, Serena knows that her husband had a good time with Alfred. Right. He know she knows that very well. And it's her Serena's way of not having back any good it. time, so. Even though she's a part of setting the whole thing up, and that's part of the whole thing, the guys can't get off and have their babies in that weird way that they do it unless they have a good time. So they're taking them out to Jezebel's to have a good time. Serena, even if she's stuck in her own bad situation, is she? I feel no guilt for her after this season. She set it up. She got her revenge on top of it. It was terrible. It was just terrible to see yeah. it. I mean, she literally wrote the book on extreme domestic feminism, and this episode was all about, well, maybe I was wrong, and I'm taking some of my power back. And so, she can't. No, because I think you're she too far gone at this point. I wonder if, because they punished Putnam, I wonder if more wives 
would start speaking up and saying, well, you know, and they all kind of like rallied together in order to, to get a little bit of power. I wonder if that could happen in season two or further down the road. Oh, we might see that. Now I have a question for you two, though. Did they just take one hand or part of his arm or was it both? Because I swear they were drawing on both. I thought it was both, but I only saw them cut the one with the uh, wedding ring, the left hand. But I think they did both, quite frankly. Do you think so? I was wondering the same thing. I was looking and I thought, oh, they're cutting both his arms off. But you only see the one go, which was bad enough as it was. You see it graphic. That was awful. So is he out of the committee now, or does he get to go in with his hands cut off and have someone, you know, write for him? Well, this is right from, uh, well, you know, what can I say? It's right from right from the, the, the Old Testament. This is what you did, you know. Eye for an eye, a hand for a hand. Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth and all that. You steal an apple, you cut off an eye, you cut off a hand. That's the way it was, and those are values they were trying to bring back. Hmm. I don't know if they cut both off. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I knew it had to be some kind of, like, crazy Old Testament thing, but I didn't know if it was both. It seemed like it, so maybe we'll find out. They, but they on both, but they only showed the one. I, I don't know. That was bad enough, just showing the one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they did both, and they spared us and only showed us the one. <laughs> Although we did get a whole different kind of moment in here where Alfred does tell Nick, like, she's sitting there after she's been hit, so she's got this yes. gouge in her head, and... She's like, I'm pregnant. And they have that moment where they're not supposed to have. And just yep. kind of out in the open. We're like, we have created something. And there's Serena standing like the Wicked Witch of the West. Right over them in her big blue-green vulture suit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a vulture And then she takes awkward way and does the most evil thing and shows her her daughter, but doesn't give her, like, time with her daughter. Right. And then she says that thing, yeah, as long as my baby's safe, so will yours. And I'm like, <gasps> like, I was like, I'm like, I hate her forever. I will never feel sorry for her ever, ever again. Yes, that was how well, I It makes me wonder, though, does that mean that she might send Nick away, too? Because she doesn't mm-hmm. want Nick to have access to his child. I've been wondering about Nick. Nick? Okay. Little Nick. I tell Wait, you. Nick has been a mystery, right? Yep, yes. yep, 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 yep. He's he, he keeps it pretty cool. He doesn't say very much. He's sweet and all, you know, he's nice. But what do we really know about Nick? What do we really know? I don't know. I think we don't know very much the about the final, final scene. It's like, uh, which we'll talk about. I don't want to jump too far because there's stuff that we keep moving around. I want to, to get to the meat of this. And Hannah dressed in pink. I'm like, oh, pink. And it's not like a lady dressed in green comes out. So she's not like with a family. She comes out with an aunt. And I'm like, she's in a pre-red center. That's what I was thinking it was. And I know we we talked about it when we first seen them in episode, was it two or three? And mm-hmm. we were wondering what they were doing with the little girls, that they're coming out of this school. It's like, but is it a school? Is it like, you know, what is yeah. it? I, I don't know, but all Serena says was she's happy and she's being cared for, but didn't really say she's with a family. So I think she's, like, in a pink center, which is, like, a preparatory academy uh, for girls. It's probably, like, uh, you know, where they take all the kids and they're, like, raised as a group, okay. yeah. probably. Yeah. Like a and, group and taught as a group and probably trained she's to do whatever it is. Group group and all that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's true. That's true. 
Uh, and then we have Offred actually going down to the commander during the day, not even like sneaking uh, in there and saying, you know, you need to do me a favor. You need to. Yeah, she and took a big breath before she yes. did that. She's she like off in the hall. That. She's like, <sighs> took a big breath and tried to steady her nerves. Yeah, before she's going like, look, um, bitch Zilla's on the loose, and I need some protection for my kids, yo. Yeah, I mean, I would never hurt a child. Right. The, the fact that he says that she was just in there and like talking crap to you. You see the gash on Offred's head. Maybe you need to take this. Like, okay, yeah, she might do something. And Nick is missing, and his door is locked. He's probably dead. Right. <laughs> if all of a sudden it's like, yeah, Nick hasn't been around for a while. What's going on? I buried Dick in the backyard. He's making lovely petunias now. <laughs> Uh, you have a terrible mind, Jennifer. <laughs> we watch a lot of zombie stuff, you know. Yeah, we, we do. We do. But <laughs> when, even when, you know, Waterford's like, oh, I hear congratulations are in order. And she's, like, half listening. Like, I know she's concentrating on her kid because you see, like, this faraway look, and she's like, yeah. He's like, is it mine? And she's like, of course. And this, when he's like, you do that so well. It's like, she said it with... She said it with the best poker face right. ever. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know. How can she, how can how can she, she possibly know? It, I, I'm gonna guess it's Nick, just because of the amount of times right. that she's been with him and, and what have you, and possibly the commander being sterile. But I like when the commander, because the, the commander may even think he's sterile. He may now be like, oh, you know, doubt, doubting himself after the Serena bitch slap uh, from before. And he's like, well, if you're pregnant, this is truly a miracle. And I wonder if he thinks it's his. Oh, like maybe he knew before this actually went down right. that he couldn't have kids? Exactly. Oh, yeah. interesting. Well, that's something I didn't think of, that he might have known it himself. I didn't think of that. Not at all, especially with the amount of fun he was having with her in uh, Jezebel. And he seemed a little more distant from her now that she's knocked up, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, he's... <laughs> got to realize oh crap okay we just seen what's happening to putnam and Mm -hmm. my wife knows about jezebel's all of these wives know about jezebel's this shit's going down for real just he says stop i'm not a part of it nick it's nick oh my god nick's dead he's buried he's making petunias okay well we're safe right (laughs) it's random but especially with after this you know he's like so suddenly nice to serena like oh honey we're gonna have a baby. We're gonna. She's like, she's oh, having a baby. The nursery, yeah. Yeah, and it, and he's just like, oh yeah, sister James always had such great life. It's like, yeah, no, okay. But he was trying to play her game at the end of it all. He, he, you know, he's like, well, we're gonna have a baby. That, that's that's what they do. We saw that in the previous right. episodes with the other couples who finally, when the when the handmaid becomes pregnant, they pretend it's it's them that are having the, the baby so yeah that's so yeah, weird so fred, fred goes like, through like that with his wife but his wife is having none of it she's going through a you know she's jealous and yet mm-hmm. she shouldn't i think be she may she be upset that a baby is being born at this point why do i want to take care of their baby maybe i, I don't ah. think so i th- i th- just think maybe it's with everything that's gone down she she, you know, the, the whole thing with Jezebel, I think the previous offered, it seems like maybe this had all played out the same way before. I think and, so. and so maybe she's afraid of losing the baby or 
I, I'm not I really think sure she's just, she's at the her brink. She's at her breaking point. She's very emotional. She just, I, I'm going to set up the nursery because that's what I'm supposed to do. It's it's a the productive thing to do. It's my place to do that. And Fred tries to. Well, I wonder if she's losing. I wonder if she's losing. Well, if I may say so, if she's losing faith in her own, she might be in her own guitar. If you like, she's you know she helps set all this up, but she's she must be feeling that it's not really working. You know, yeah, I I have to. I think yeah. Now that the blessed miracle has happened to her, she is thinking: to what lengths do we go in order to? have healthy children do the means truly justify the ends here and and she's definitely questioning everything and she's very emotional maybe she's happy emotional because finally we're going to have a baby or maybe she's emotionally like sad because her husband's a lying cheating git (laughs) who does not give her an inch of credit for having set up everything uh, but he, he he tries to apologize to her and oh we'll be a family and I don't understand that scene. Why did he do that all of a sudden? I, Why was he all of a sudden? Oh sweetie pie! Right, I think it really is that he realizes. Okay, crap. Putnam. All right, we need to yeah. change this. But oh, I mean yeah. that was You're pretty right. big. Yeah. Obviously, the Putnam thing was huge. Seeing that on screen. But then we have three scenes now. This is going to the climax of this episode that I thought were huge. The fact that uh, Offred's up in her room, in the bathroom, she decides to open the package. Not yes. knowing what it was. I was thinking, okay, it's going to be a bomb, she's going to blow up the house, something. No. I had no idea what it would be. Photos and letters. Not, yes, and it's not in the book. Oh, really? Okay. So, having all of these things, and she's reading it, and it's about people who their handmaids, or that their family was taken, and... My name is yes. that huge and just all of this stuff spread out even on little scraps of paper because you notice some of it it almost looked like wrapping paper too like pieces of anything Anything. it was like so powerful and at least it was and again i like was tearing up because the stories that were all coming and it's like i'm wondering how much of that could be like put into other seasons and then when she has to grab it all up because she knows that she has another event to go to. She starts hearing the bell and she wraps it all up and stashes it back. But she leaves yeah. just with this like hope. Well, I think she with seeing all those letters and seeing that other women have not tuned out and they're like, no, I had a name. I am a person. Yes. I'm, I'm this person. I had a son. They took him away from him. They rape us. You know, that gives her the sense of, I think she is June again. Okay. She's I'd no like longer offering. Yeah. And it's going to give her the power that she needs in order to truly rise up and be a part of the resistance. Because you know she was reluctant to help with the package, but she did it anyway. Now, I think after reading all of that and then putting it back in and and, and hiding it when she had to, I mean, after reading all that, I think she just feels empowered. She feels like she's no longer alone. There's hope. There's hope. Stuff could change, yeah. for real. That, that's very well possible. When we first meet June or Alfred, in the very beginning, she's kind of tuned out, and she's just zombified, mm-hmm. and she doesn't really, she doesn't want to do anything. She just follows along, and this is the way it is. And I remember that from the book, too. That That's part of yep. what I do remember from the book. 
Yeah, she doesn't just, even remember her old life. She's a, just kind of like put the screen in front of her face and she just does what she's told and doesn't like it, of course, but, she, you know, she, she doesn't want to die what her life, It's what her life has yeah. become and she accepts it. And I think part of the whole thing is watching June be the zombie that she was in the beginning, not through her own making or anything, she was put that way. But you see her go through all these things, and by the end, she's the one who, as I'm sure we're going to get to, you know, helps she rise up the she first stone, yeah. if you like. Mm-hmm. You know? So you see this evolution of being someone who accepts the society you're in, totally to being someone yeah. who says, no, this isn't right, we have to change something. And I think maybe that's part of the whole message in any society that you live in, you know, to not just take it and close your eyes, but to open your eyes and say, no, this is wrong. We have to do something. Well, that's mm-hmm. the next scene. So she finally gets outside, and you have up Glenn, who's, like, all ticked off that they're going to be late. So they get over to their gathering place, because I don't even know what else to call it. The punishment place, maybe? Because uh, something. I don't know. There's yeah. There's always going to be punishment there. Yeah, and and it's three bells, which is the death toll. There will be a salvaging today, is what she says. So, and you have the one young girl who I never remember her name, but she was the one who's like, oh, I think I went to a bar mitzvah here. She's so annoying. Young, and she's like, she's frighteningly young. She must be underage to be in that. That's what I was thinking. That she's got to be like under something. <laughs> I was thinking like just under 18, like 17, 18, but you never know. Yeah. She okay. might just have one of those really young faces. Okay. But well, I guarantee she would, as an actress, 18 to look younger. <laughs> and I bet she probably got upgraded one day on set for one of the other episodes. And they're like, okay, whenever we need a random other maid to speak, it's going to be her because we're already paying her sag rate. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. just, when she's like, oh, it's just stoning. I hate these. So they all grab their stone and get go in the circle, and then they see it's Janine. And what surprises me, because Aunt Lydia's like, you have to do this, and of all the people who actually said something, the fact that it was of Glenn, and that was the woman who earlier was like, don't fuck this up for me. Yeah, that's exactly. right. And that's right. That I was surprised. Yes. And then when I they come out... What changed for her? Right. What changed for I her? think this was like a real slap in the face to all of them. They're like, oh my god, they're doing this to one of our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't. That, that was like, what? Say right. what? No, we can't do that. No, 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 we no, no. That that was that was very powerful. And they say that the greatest um, crime that can be committed is to put a child at risk or to hurt a child. Who did we see threaten a child earlier in the episode? Oh, see, I didn't even think so, that. Yeah, that's right. Ooh, that's interesting. I wonder how that might play out because what happens next but when huh? yep. when off Glenn gets hit in the face with that rifle butt the I was gun. like holy yeah. crap and Aunt Lydia's just like no okay really dude's got a rifle yeah. to whack or knock her out right yeah. but you're still standing up on your stage not really doing anything until mm-hmm. June you know walks out and and here's crazy Janine when she's like, okay, not too hard, okay, guys? And I'm and like, she's, she's waving, she's waving hard, Yeah, she really has no clue. She's, like, totally gone over the she, edge. I think, I th- but I think she kind of chose to let herself be like that. She can't deal with the reality she's yeah, living. Yeah. She can't deal with that shit. Yeah. It was heartbreaking to see her, oh, well, not too hard. Oh, 
try to be nice with those rocks. Right. And, oh my God. It was like, it was just, it was killing me. Yeah, to I watch wanted that. to like go and hug her. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All of them know that she went crazy, mm-hmm. that she was the weak, one of the weak ones. And I think when they say, really, we're going to kill the weakest one of us because you made her crazy. And I think that this really was the tipping point for everyone, especially June, because she's always kind of taken crazy Janine under her wing to make sure it's okay. And they were friends before, weren't they? And uh, uh, in the, in the, before Gilead, Janine and, and uh, And the room were, they were part of, they were friends. Were they? Cause I, I think they think went out together. Well, they were they were not close friends, but they were friends. Seems to me they'd they gone out together. Each other. Okay. They yeah, knew they each other. Think together. me, and I think that Janine was when she first came into. I could be wrong here, but it seems to me that I remember that she was the one, or one of the ones who was uh, the most rebellious, and that's why they took her eye out. Maybe it is because they were inducted at the same time into the Red Center. Yeah, that's all I thought it was. I thought that's when they met, and then when Janine kind of started losing it in the Red Center, that's when... We had some flashbacks, flashbacks, and I think there were a couple that uh, June was friends with, because June seems more sociable than I had thought at first, and I think Janine was one of those ones that they went out drinking with, because when Janine was threatening to commit suicide and throw a baby over the edge at the same time. Seems to me June was saying, hey, you know, this is going to end. It's not going to be like this. We're planning something, and we're going to go out and have drinks again, just like we used to, you remember. And, and Oh, I see, think, when uh, she said that, I just interpreted, like, I don't think previous it was just, life. Like, when we can go out and just hang out with our friends. Yeah. So, it, it, I think I, it could I, be either I, way. I think yeah. she was referring to the previous okay. life, the way they were friends before. I, I think, anyway, yeah. but I'm not yeah, I think it could go either way. Like I was saying, just like in the, that they were able to do whatever previously, and I didn't know if they knew each other. But yeah, it could be taken either way, and you know maybe that is you know she was like the young one of the group, but she took her under her wing. But right then, when she stands up and she just drops the rock and looks at Aunt Lydia, just like dead face, like I'm sorry, takes the rock like this. Oh yeah, hand out, and just turns it around. Go. Yeah, just. She just she came up strong. She's like, fight me. And this Boom. is when that guardian or angel, depending on the booker I, show, soldier yes. person, people. With- when he walks up and he's like ready to start something with June, I want what I wanted was her to take the muzzle, put it down to her stomach, and be like, go ahead, and then tell Waterford, exactly. you know, like oh, to yeah. kind of scare the guy. Mm-hmm. But Lydia had come down and she's like, no, 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 these are my girls. And then after they all started to do it. You know, all of a sudden she's like, go back to your homes. There will be repercussions. And it's like, okay, so June is the instigator in this in this scenario. Yeah. So if anything, she's going. Yeah, and even as they're all walking home, they have, they're walking in pairs, except for June. She has one on each side of her slightly behind her, and it was shot in a, such a way that she is the one that will lead this revolution of it. And what tune was it they had? They, they were, uh, well, I can't oh, remember I the tune that they the were music. playing. So oh, it was really, it was perfect, really cool. Though. Yeah, it was great. No, it was perfect. Uh, but it got even weirder, because the next day... Offred was up, and she just, it's like she knew some shit was coming down. So yeah. Nick comes she in. She knew this, this right. would not go without consequence. Nick yes. comes in, and this is, again, where I'm saying I don't understand Nick. When he's no. like, you trust me. Go with them. <laughs> trust me on this. 
and the eyes come for her, and they don't, like, grab her and, like, jostle her around. They start, you know, basically they're escorting her out, and Rita's up there, and she gives Rita a hug. It's like, I think in if these guys were just super... I think she told Rita in the moment to go look in the bathtub. Yeah, well, didn't she go in there? I yeah. swear she, she told Rita what was there, but she gives her a hug. Like, the guys didn't, like, did drag her out, so I, I feel like exactly. maybe this is a good thing. So she hugs Rita, tells I think, her... Go ahead. I think she... I think... Um, I think June uh, whispered something quickly to her when she was hugging her like that. You know, you heard something yeah. like this, and that that's what she said. You know, go in the room, go get, I don't know what. You know, I'm assuming yeah. it's like and behind the tub. Because I swear, yeah. and maybe it's just me projecting it all, that Rita goes in there and gets it. Like, maybe I just wanted to see this on screen. No, but that's what we okay. saw. That's yeah, what that's what she did. She did. Okay. She did. I think Rita is a good person. If there's going to be a resistance in the Marthas, that it will be her because she lost her son. It's So she she has a reason to be disgruntled and upset with the society because she lost her own son. And children are such a blessing, such a gift. And they all have a reason. It's just. You know, to get the incident, to get them to actually stand up and do something. They're all in a really bad situation. Right. Somebody has to somebody has to stop saying, well, this is the life I live now. We all have to stand up and, and do something. Right. And, and the yeah. ending when you have Sarita and you have Fred, like, freaking out, like, what are you doing? Let me see the warrant. Yeah. Are you and they put her in the van, and she's just like. And they're like, you have, you have an order, and, and they're like, everything is in order. And I'm like, oh. Oh, someone went over your head. Yeah, I just thought it was funny because then, the, you know, she's just sitting there like, yeah, and the door's closed. Like, she didn't even care. Yeah. Well, I okay, She when she's looking out the window waiting for them to come get her, she says that she's terrified, and she she talks about, she goes back to that look of, of terror that she used to see in the other handmaid's eyes that is no longer there. But in that terror is also hope. Mm-hmm. And she says she has tried to change the world for the better, just a little bit for Hannah. And I, and she would, and, and Nick did whisper something to her. I have a crackpot theory okay. that she and Nick got together for whatever this Mayday thing is and she told on Waterford for having Scrabble and books and magazines and contraband. I think she squealed on him, and I think that she's being taken by whether it's the eye, whether it's the resistance, whether it's the resistance within the eye, because, you know, whoever it is, it's Nick's people Mm -hmm. is what Mm -hmm. I think. And I think that... It's going to end up being the downfall, the linchpin that makes Gilead kind of crumble. So. Could be. I don't think it's. I, you're probably right. I I think that Nick does have something to do with this. Uh, now I think he's invested because there's a chance that the baby is his. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, I think he's, he's going to be. And we've seen we've seen through the through the series that Nick comes from a background where he was lost and didn't know what to do with himself. Right. And now he's purpose. And now when you have all of a sudden a, a kid on the way, well, all of a sudden, you, you know, it's like, ooh, it's clear. The world is clear. You know, uh, you become a parent, things change. It, mm-hmm. Most of the time, that's the way it goes. I remember so I, peeing on the stick and finding out I was pregnant, and my life changed in that second. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yep. 
And I think that uh, she's she's in there, of course. I don't think she really wants to bring another baby into the, a world like it is. Mm-hmm. I think her heart is still for Hannah first. Mm-hmm. And she wants to change the world for Hannah. Now, the, the, the book ends, of course, like that. Yes, yes. I think with the exact the words. There's no spoiler there because the series yeah. is yeah. done. Yeah. There's going to be a second season. Thank goodness I want to see <laughs> yes. what they do with it. You know? Yes. So I think, I think that I think I, that Nick has a, a hand in this. I think with the events that have happened in this episode, and we, when we see uh, Myra, what happened to her, and that she found um, she found uh, Luke because she's Luke on his and college all of that. family. Yeah, that's yeah, that was, thing that I was like to go a through. season I very nearly cried because you can, you, anyway, you that was a very emotional family, thing. really, and yeah. she's fucking him because I don't so think she I thought. Him. I thought perhaps, you know, what could have happened is that he actually somehow got a message and because obviously, uh, uh, not Luke, Nick, uh, he has connections. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's, he has deeper connections. He's He knows, as we've seen, he knows how to shut up. So when you know how to shut up, you learn yeah. stuff. And uh-huh. this is a clever show. It's a clever plot. This kind of thing, it's going to go further. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I don't think that uh, off Glenn, uh, no, off Glenn, um, uh, Alfred gets out. I don't think that's what we're going to see in the beginning yeah. of the season. I don't think so. However, I think it will move on to a next stage where she, she I don't think she's going to face a. Yeah, you know, they, they make the statement at the beginning of this episode if they did not want us to become an army, they should have never given us uniforms. So I think we're going to see her leave the inside of Gilead. I don't think she's ever going to make it out. I think she, well, at least I hope she makes it to Hannah and is reunited with Hannah. Uh, But at the end of all of this and and, in Gilead Falls, she's going to have to make a choice. Do I go back to my old life with Luke, my husband and father of Hannah, or do I stay with Nick and, you know, this baby, because this right. is my new life. There's going to be that I'm well, was, side kind don't of forget, thing. Don't forget, we don't know for sure if it's Nick's baby or, or Fred, if yeah. it's or Fred's. We yeah. don't I mean, know. It, it could, could end be. up actually Waterford's, and she could end up using that genetically Waterford tied back to him baby in order to leverage getting something for the oh, maids in this that's room. interesting i didn't but, think about yeah. that so yeah. we kind of glossed over it but moira gets to canada like you said she finds it and yes. they're giving her yeah. all this stuff and you see it from her point of view how you know the guys are like okay you made it don't worry you're safe here's money here's this here's that and it's kind of overwhelming because she's just sitting there and they're like oh did you get Can enough I food just... did you get enough this and like yeah. Can I just interject oh, something? Yes. I'm sorry to cut you off, but this, this watching this scene, it was like, holy crap. This is what, for us up here in Canada anyway, we've been seeing this happening on the news. Uh-huh. People going through the snow from the States up to Canada. This is mm-hmm. what we've been seeing in the past couple of months, you know. Refugees that have been coming from the U.S. up to, This is exactly what we've been seeing. So it's been like... Holy crap! I don't think they get that much when they get to the when they when they <laughs> get to reality, the border there. Yeah. I think that's a, that's total fiction, you know. But to the pe- people have lost their fingers going in the snow trying to get up to right. the wow. trying to get out, you know, uh, not hundreds and thousands yeah. know, by any means. But it, it has happened, and we've had events on the news like that. So that was a bit of a shocker to see that scene. But, but after seeing all it, things it's that like so powerful. And like I said, she's so overwhelmed. <laughs> 
as a system they're like okay you're at the center here's your refugee id card um i'll, I'll be your temporary caseworker. you're going to have another one after me um there are other refugee centers in canada and in other countries you could be sent to here's an already paid for for 12 months cell phone a credit card uh 400 bucks in cash a me- here's your medical insurance card your prescription drug card really <laughs> i need to live in canada <laughs> But just seeing this and seeing her face, yeah, well, I don't think they're going to throw everything at you like that. But seeing that and, like I said, just knowing what we've seen and knowing that this guy who is helping her doesn't know what Moira has been through. Like they heard stories, but how overwhelmed it is because she had coffee, you know, and and just. It's overwhelming to her that she got coffee. And she just looked shell-shocked. And then, like you guys said, when. Luke shows up because she's like, how, how did you know I was here? And he's like, you're on my list. You're my family. And, like, I did cry because right there she's, like, thought she was totally alone. Yeah. yeah. And just having But that's anybody. the reunion. We sh- it's the reunion we should have seen between June right. and Luke. Yeah, we saw it with with uh, Moira and, and, and Luke. And when you think about Moira, how she didn't want to help herself. She didn't want right. to get out. She was just she was in the Jezebel. She was doing what she had to do. And yet it was June who came in and said, what are you doing? you got to get your shit together right. and you got to do something and da, 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 and all that. And it's actually, uh, and, and yet it's Myra who finally makes it out and June gets stuck there. It was tragic. It was happy yeah. and wonderful and tragic. Right. <laughs> so that's why I thought it was just a really good story. Like I said, you have June being put into the box. Basically, the van closes. It's all dark. And you have Moira who gets yes. like this. Basically, in the light. In the light. yeah, because Luke is outlined in the sunshine, like as he comes in. So you yeah, have the two extremes. Through that glass yeah. door. So you have the two extremes. Good. And because of June, who's now in the dark, she gets to give Moira that light. So hopefully yes. we'll see more. That's kind of how I saw it too as well, uh, especially with the connection of Luke considering her family. And we don't really know a whole lot about Moira's family, but we do know that she's lesbian. And I do wonder if maybe her family shunned her as an unwoman. Maybe they are true believers in this society. Or maybe, you know, just in normal society there are plenty of uh, gay trans kids who are shut out away from their family for whatever reason and it just seemed in that moment you knew she absolutely had no one else in the world and to be considered family to luke was everything to her everything everything she'd been through after all that Mm -hmm. she finally as you just said jennifer the contrast between what she left and what she went to was it was overwhelming for the character, and it was overwhelming for us, the viewer, to right. see it. It was just, I, maybe that's why they overloaded the, the goodies <laughs> and all that stuff, just to give you, a, to give you the, the slosh of, of, of change between the situations. And then they have yeah. somebody who's been in recently who can give them <laughs> more information so they can possibly yeah. help so she's take down. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, she's not alone anymore. Um, where... It ends for Alfred is where the book okay. ends because of Moira making it to Canada and, and we don't even know if Luke is alive in the book. That never happens in the okay. book. 
I'm, I'm really, really glad that this is something that they've added and expanded to the universe that is the book with the series. Oh, but, it never would have gone over with the public, with, with I mean, a viewing audience, even a small viewing. It would never have gone over no, with no. leaving stuff out of that, no. like in the book. And they were hoping for a season two as well, and yeah. they had to have more characters to develop, more stakes, you know. Yeah. Um, more people for us to all relate to and love the show. But I want to say that as she's walking down the stairs and into that van, that it is almost a direct lift from the book. Um, and I kind of summarized this. So this, don't quote me on this. Um, after the commander and Serena are told everything is in order, um, June says, I'm entrusting my future to strangers basically, and whether this is my end or my beginning, I do not know. So I, I set into the darkness within myself or else the light. Yeah. And that's where the book ends. And then there's one little chapter. Well, this was insane. Obviously, we've gone way longer than we normally go because of all the insanity in this last episode. So I think just listening to us, we're all giving this a thumbs up. And we're all yeah, excited no. about the next season, and hopefully we'll find more about what's going to happen and what has happened. So I kind of feel like we need both. So we need yeah. how it got the here book and what's going on. has been completely covered, yes. so with the exception of the child marriages. We didn't see that. Uh, I'm okay with that. That would not have okay. Yeah, I think we're all okay with not having that, but... All right, so obviously we liked this. We hope you liked it. We will be doing a book to screen to screen as soon as I finish reading the book, since I'm just able to finally crack it. Yeah, you're not going to be able to stop. You're going to love it. We'll talk about the differences in the actual book and to the TV series and to the movie, which I know Jennifer already hates, but we'll talk about all that later on. So anything (laughs) you guys, any thoughts you have, what you think is coming for season two, give us a a quick email at fangirlzone.com. Check out everything you can find out, of course. Any announcements that we find out from Hulu about what's coming, it'll be on www.fangirlzone.com. We also have the player there if you're not already listening it through a different player. we You can listen to the episodes there for Handmaids, for American Gods, and all of our sci-fi talk and everything else. And Jennifer, go ahead, tell them again where they can find you. I am the infamous Jennifer from the Hollow Nine Network. I am on various podcasts over there. So um, t- give us a, a, a try. You can you can go to hollow9.com. It's being redeveloped, and that's H-O-L-L-O-W, the number nine, I-N-E, dot com. And we're about to have a brand-new website. Um, right now, it'll, our current website will lead you to our Podomatic it's all, all, like all the podcasts are kind of together uh, in one feed, but we're splitting the feeds off, so we'll have that soon. Um, but definitely take over there, take a look at what we got. We got a ton of stuff. Um, if you like this show, you're probably going to like something we got over there. Uh, and if you want to con- uh, connect with me directly, my Twitter is at Jennifer9, that's J E N N I F E R, the number nine, I N E, because we're cool like that. And then you can also get to me at Jennifer at hollow9.com. And Ingrid, she is an artist. And tell them where they can find you and your awesome art. Well, I'm not on any podcast <laughs> except for your wonderful 
But you can find all my stuff I on uh, rabidhorse.com. That's R-A-B-I-D-H-O-R-S-E.com. My the link, all the links to my Twitter handle, which I don't really use Twitter all that much. My Instagram, which I post my sausage dog photos <laughs> on my Instagram mostly. And uh, but I'm on Facebook a lot. A lot of my a lot of my work goes on Facebook. I'm uh, what am I over on Facebook? <laughs> well, my link is on my website, anyways. You can find everywhere that I'm at over on my website. I'm she has some incredible art too, guys. So make sure you go. And just wondering, is there any handmade art coming in the future? <laughs> I am hoping to find the time to do that. I'm uh, in. To my credit, I'm a complete fangirl of stuff as well as I'm a big Doctor Who fan. Uh, I've watched every single Star Wars movie that there is and will be watching The Last Jedi. I'm doing a lot of artwork for Tops for the the upcoming Star Wars set and a couple of ongoing sets as well. I do some paintings of that. I also do a lot of horse-related artwork because I used to be a, a horse trainer and a rider and stuff like that. It's part of, my, part of the baggage I drag along with me. I also have on my... I have a Patreon where I'm doing a lot of watercolors and I'm exploring the world through that. And if I do any handmade stuff, it would probably go on my Patreon because that's a little off the wall from the fan stuff that I do. You should enter the t-shirt contest they have over on that Facebook group. Hashtag M-A-I-D-E-Z. And yeah, check out the Handmaid's Facebook official. It's awesome, some of the stuff that they have. Well, ladies, thank you so Mm -hmm. much for joining me. Thank you for everyone listening and going through the entire series with us because it's been a hell of a ride. I was not expecting it to go this way and I can't wait till the next season. So for Handmaid's Season 1, I'm Sean Fangirl S. And it's... And I'm Jennifer. And our guest. I'm Ingrid. And until next time. <laughs>